Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Scogan, your host for the Ag Innovation News Podcast. Guests on this show will shed light on innovations in value-added agriculture, will highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout the Minnesota ag sector, and educate the public about resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. Today, we welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, Carl Graydon. He's co-founder of Aparo, a company focused on creating protein and other food ingredients from underutilized plant feedstocks. And we can take a deep dive into that as the program moves along today, including the fact that Carl was on a webinar, and we want to go back and talk about that a little bit as well. But Carl, first of all, welcome to the Egg Innovation News Podcast. Glad you're here. Thanks for having me, Dan. Looking forward to talking about this today. Let's introduce you to our listeners a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and what brought you to Aparo. I grew up on a farm in East Central Minnesota here, just outside of Pine City. And I went to the University of Minnesota to study chemical engineering and got my master's in environmental engineering from Carnegie Mellon. And when I moved back to Minnesota, I was looking for opportunities actually in the renewable energy space and got connected with some folks there turning waste, which will come up more in our conversation here, turning waste into fuel. And I'll I'll skip a bunch of the background there, but with those people that I was working with at that company, we eventually got interested in agricultural feedstocks. And so we started working with first DDGs from the ethanol industry, and then started looking at the food aspects of that, actually working with brewers' spent grains. And so that really kind of kicked off my career in the food space and in the agricultural space. For our listeners, just tell us a little more about Aparo, because we're going to talk about that quite a bit today. What's that company? What's its mission? What's its vision? Our mission is more from less. We're passionate, the small team that we have, about upcycling underutilized feedstocks. And how we came into existence was kind of what I referred to before when working with Brewer Spent Grains. We started a company there called Zia 10 the company at that point that was just focused on brewer spent grains. And so we developed the technology to recover protein from brewer spent grains after the brewery process. And we partnered with Anheuser-Busch to commercialize this. So we actually spent two years traveling out to New Jersey every week to fully develop and investigate this process. And the reason we were doing all of that traveling was that with brewer spent grains, you have to process them very quickly because they're a very, to put it nicely, a bioactive material because they're wet and hot coming out of the brewery. So once we developed that process, they actually purchased that company and then have been producing and selling that protein for the past few years. And when we exited that venture with that purchase, we all, again, a small team of of five here, we all were still interested in the protein space and upcycling since, like I said, we're all passionate about it. So we started looking for other projects to work on here and, and maybe expand our thinking even a bit more. So we created a company called Aparo to do that and started coming up with this framework that we call total crop utilization, which really just means we want to use the entire crop that is produced by farmers. We don't just want crops to go into a single use. And the best way to say that is to talk about what we're working on now, which are sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds are used mainly for their oil content. They're pressed and oil is generated, and that goes into basically a vegetable oil. 
but the meal that's left over from that can't be used for much other than a low value animal feed, even though there's a lot of nutrition that remains in there. We want to recover all of that nutrition that's in there, primarily protein. There's also fiber in there. That's a useful dietary fiber. And then there's some nutraceutical compounds, which are just antioxidants is the easiest way to, to talk about those. So that's kind of in brief what we, what we are or who we are at Aparo and what we've been working on for the past four years now. Carl, it almost sounds like you took a page out of the AURI co-products lab. What we discover is anytime there's an agricultural process, there's a stream of co-product or waste stream that we would like to capture and redevelop and make it into another stream that's saleable or has a different or a new end user so that there is eventually no waste stream and you just kind of keep repurposing what you're finding. Absolutely. We're certainly not the first ones to think about this overall, even going further back into the processing timeline and making sure that everything that's in the seed, in this case being a sunflower seed, can be processed into a, a really desirable and usable form. Awesome. And how far of a stretch was it or how far away from renewable energy do you think you ended up? With the recent push and some new incentives to make renewable diesel mainly being supplied then by agricultural feedstock, that being oils from soybean or other crop oils, seed oils, we might find ourselves kind of back in that area a little bit, <laughs> even if we're not the ones producing the fuel. Because what we really want to focus on now on is food, since we've developed so much expertise there. So what are your specific responsibilities with the company, Aparo? I lead the product and process development or you know, the R&D portion or, or function of the company. What that's entailed here is working on how we extract and isolate these proteins, since that's our primary focus, even though it's not our only product. So we work with a number of companies. We have a number of food scientists on staff that are all intimately involved with that process. And then expanding on that, while we're focused on sunflower right now, we keep our eye out on how else we can improve both our sunflower processing, but also what feedstocks we can look to in the future and how we can start working with those within the framework of our, of our existing technology. I know when I look at your website, it says Aparo creates food ingredients, including proteins from underutilized feedstocks. Put that in layman's terms. I'll do my best to put that in layman's terms. I, <laughs> being a technical person, I can get in the weeds a little bit. Maybe the best way I can, I can say it is that underutilized feedstocks are, are those that still have nutrition in them, but that they currently in an unusable or undesirable form. And a lot of the times that's the case because of the way that they've been processed upstream. And the example or the relevant example here is with sunflower seed. In the typical pressing process, they are pressed at very high heat and with holes present to remove as much of that oil as possible. And what that does is it causes the proteins to, the technical term is denature, and, but what that means in practice is that they can't be used to make foods in forms that people want to eat. And that's, that's the, the big problem with that when you're not looking at the seed from a holistic sense. So if I'm tracking that right, Carl, and I don't wear a white coat ever, but you don't want to ruin the next available product by processing the first product incorrectly. 
That's right. You can think about each step in the process and how you can be as gentle with it as possible so that it doesn't affect anything downstream. That's the biggest benefit to, to doing that is that you can get more nutrition out of the product or out of the feedstock. And we're going to talk about sunflowers in particular, but is there a long list of underutilized feedstocks? There is. There's some very large volume ones like canola and palm kernel. And people have tried to work with canola, but the problems still remain with upcycling those. There's also feedstocks that maybe you wouldn't call underutilized at this point, but more that they are emerging or developing crops. And the best examples of those are, are hemp, which is a growing crop, and even more minor ones like pennycress and camelina, that processes can be developed to, to recover all of the available nutrition there. It could present a, another viable crop for farmers, whereas right now there's not enough market for the products that currently exist with, with those feedstocks or with those crops. And you did a lot of work with the sunflower. Was there a reason you picked sunflowers? Yes, there was. I'll say the two major reasons for working with sunflower from our perspective was its global abundance and its regional significance. There's a lot of sunflowers grown globally. It's, it's uh, over 50 million tons. And most of that is grown internationally, but there's actually a lot grown here in the upper Midwest between the Dakotas and Minnesota. So that presented a, a real opportunity for us to have a locally supplied feedstock that works really well for us through this development stage where we need to, related to my job, I, I need to have that feedstock to be doing a number of different R&D activities. But then related to the rest of the, the business development that we have to do, you know, we need to understand the market for sunflowers, what the agricultural conditions are, or any headwinds that exist there. And just being close to that market is, is really quite helpful for, for all aspects of the business. So those are the two main reasons why we really worked with sunflower. And being close to the market, is that for sustainability and economics? Yes. And since we are located here, you know, most of the team, it, it allows us from a smaller sustainability standpoint, it means we don't have to travel as much to, to get to those meetings and those investigations that we need to do. But then as we look to expand, being close to that market is, is definitely important for that sustainability aspect of the business. Without reading me your whole report, what did that initial research find? I'll say mainly just how fascinating of a product sunflower is. Sunflower plants are really quite incredible, right? I think quite a few people know that sunflower heads follow the sun across the sky. And I actually just recently <laughs> discovered what is likely the main mechanism for that. But what's also interesting is that when the sun isn't growing, the, the sunflower heads can look towards each other. It's just a fascinating plant. But then the actual benefits for agricultural field are, are huge. With its deep root systems, it's a, it can be a drought-resistant crop, providing other benefits to the soil. So on that side, it's, it's really fascinating. To us on the, on the producer, the processor side, it's, it's the nutritional properties and the unique aspects of those ingredients that we're able to make out of that. And the big thing that came out of making these products and researching how to make these products is one of the proteins that we make is sweet. And that is the natural property of the protein. We haven't modified it in any way. The sunflower seed itself produces a sweet protein. You just wouldn't know it until you've isolated it like we have. 
And this is something that doesn't exist on the marketplace for a mass-produced agricultural crop, a sweet protein. And we think that's going to be immensely valuable to the, the ingredient in the consumer product space. Carl, I've got to ask before I take my break here, is what you learned in that initial sunflower research transferable to other underutilized feedstocks? Yes, a lot of it is. We, we really think the technology itself can be broadly applied. But even more philosophically, what we learn from that that can be applied is that going back to the processing <laughs> the crops gently, if you can take these crops and fractionate them and, and keep the ingredients in their native state, you don't know what you'll end up with. You, you, you can end up with something that just has some really unique properties. And that's what we really plan on applying to other feedstocks as well. I want to talk about a webinar that you participated in and get back to a little more on your role in the ag and food ecosystem. But I want to remind our listeners, first of all, that you're listening to Ag Innovation News Podcast presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. And we have a guest today from Paro. Paro is a food ingredient company that creates proteins and other food ingredients from underutilized plant feedstocks. And we're talking to one of the co-founders today, Carl Graydon. Carl, I appreciate your time and the conversation so far, but as I mentioned, you did participate in a AURI Connects webinar Wednesday. You were one of four panelists who were talking about sustainable proteins. What did you take away from that conversation? My main takeaway from that conversation was how many interesting things are going on in the protein space in regards to sustainability. We had a wide range of businesses on that panel and everybody was able to bring a unique viewpoint to how they address sustainability because everybody has to address it differently when you're working with very different systems. Aparo views our sustainability efforts as this ability to upcycle underutilized crops and get ingredients directly into consumer products. Other folks on the panel were associated with the, the meat industry and they were figuring out how they can reduce their carbon footprint and water footprint in very unique ways that we can't address because that's not <laughs> that's not our business. So it's, it's really fun to be a part of a conversation where everybody has a different thing that they are working on in regards to sustainability. It seemed to me as the conversation in that webinar was going on that we were hearing that each of the four looked at sustainability a little bit differently, but that their consumers were curious to make sure they were doing things in a sustainable way while not causing harm to the earth in any way. So there also had to kind of be a story with each company. Absolutely. The way that we're seeing that is that we just recently had our protein products certified as certified upcycle. And so when people buy our protein and, and put them into consumer products, they can slap that label on there that says upcycle certified. And what we have found from consumers is that that type of awareness for something that makes sense to people is, is growing. When something is upcycled, there is somewhat of an intuitive nature to that, that the consumers seem to be ga gaining a broader knowledge about and we think is going to be quite valuable as we move forward. I just want to be clear with our listeners today, Carl, you are creating protein ingredients and not necessarily protein type products for resale to the consumer. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. We are an ingredient company, which means we are a B2B business to business company and, and sell the ingredients that we make to other companies who will turn them into consumer products. So is Aparo at full capacity or is there room to grow or where are you at? 
Oh, much room to grow. No, as a startup, you know, as somebody who's de developing a process, we are now at the stage where we are trying to commercialize it. We make small amounts now to get into our customers' hands so that they can start to put them in test cases for their consumer products. But we are actually looking to expand this and build a full-scale facility. And these facilities are capital intensive, so we're working on raising that capital right now to, to build this facility. So where do you see yourselves in the food ecosystem or maybe even more importantly in the agriculture ecosystem? We're on the processing side, right? And so we, we put ourselves in between the farmer and the consumer product company. So we, we need to work in both of those directions and understanding what the farmer needs and how, how we can help them and how they can help us. And then what we can do for the consumer product companies, providing them with ingredients that both allow them to make really desirable products that are nutritional. So that's kind of where we, we sit in that. But we want to really emphasize the sustainability aspect of doing this upcycling. Maybe kind of a loaded question, but do you feel you're fitting into added value agriculture? Yes, absolutely. Some sunflower seeds are just consumed off the shelf, right? The, the, the roasted, roasted and salted ones you get in the store. But that's not how most sunflower seeds are processed. Most of them are processed in some type of added value way. We just think that there is a lot of value being left on the table by only focusing on the oil and ignoring the protein and fiber that remains there. I know it's early on in, in your venture here, Carl, but are you already working on anything else that you can share with our listeners today? Yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, we, we do, like I said before, keep our eye open to future feedstocks that we think hold a lot of promise. One that I'm particularly excited about is hemp. I think that that market is growing for hemp products in general, and we think we can provide some value there on the protein space on how to make very useful hemp proteins. Do you go out in the market and purchase sunflowers, or are you contracting with farmers to make sure you have an adequate supply? How do you make sure that you've got sunflowers to work with? A couple different things. We're at that unique point in our development where we're not big enough to directly contract with farmers. So when we are processing, we are buying from co-ops that already have the seed. Our model going forward as we actually build and operate a operating facility would be that we would want to contract with farmers directly to have those seeds then supplied to the facility. And I think I clearly heard you earlier say that you are currently in conversation or looking for investors. Any other collaborators or partners out there who might be interested in this project that might help the process? Again, the big one is on the financing side to raise that capital to build this facility. On the product side, we reach out and talk with a, a number of different consumer product companies to have them start to look at the protein to start to put into consumer products. That's where our two big partnerships have to happen is, is on that use side and on the investment side. And I think I asked you this at the webinar, which by the way, people can go to auri.org and find the webinar there. You can get the whole webinar that was done. But what do you see in the next five years in your arena? What's going to happen at Aparo? In the next five years, as we work through getting one facility up and going, having that going will allow us to look at other locations to put these facilities in. 
You want to build large processing facilities for that economies of scale, but you also want to disperse them geographically to those growing centers. And so there's a number of large sunflower growing centers around the world that we'd like to, to be able to expand to. We do view this as an expansive technology and thought process. So we do, as I think I've said before, you know, really want to see how we can expand into other feedstocks and start to investigate those so that in five years, we have a number of sunflower processing facilities up and running, but we also are quickly developing a pipeline of other feedstocks that we can start to process. Well, as we wrap things up today, Carl, I'll give you the last word today. Final comments about Aparo, maybe your work, the future of Aparo, and what you'd like to leave our listeners with today. This has been a great conversation. At Aparo, we're just really excited about the products that we are producing from sunflower seeds and about this whole space. Really looking forward to being able to bring added value to the farmers on the front end, you know, on the producer side, and then on the processing side, really excited about the products that we're making and getting to supply to consumers so that they can taste what else is in sunflower seeds, not just the oil and not just the whole sunflower seed. Carl, thanks for your time today. It was a great conversation. Yes, thank you, Dan. We've been visiting with Carl Graven. He's co-founder of Aparo. Aparo is a company focused on creating protein and other food ingredients from underutilized plant feedstocks. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you for listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. Also, I want to thank my podcast crew of one, Lisa Martinez, the URI Communications Coordinator and the editor of this production. To learn more about AURI, visit us at auri.org.